you cannot
You gotta, you gotta give them some warning. You can't just start in the middle. right my right hand gal that's right the young one the princess of excessive activities we call her the chocolate girl wonder hi you all hey y'all hey what's tea what's really tea? really hi you all that was so cute hi you're so fabulous i love Thank you. you you're fabulous well i get it from you that's right she's my kinfolk um so hey it's time for another intersection and like every week something is different on the intersection so what you said we got a little setup now a little slick a little set up. going a little, 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 little sign in the middle see so what happens is then you go back and you look at where we started and then you'd be like oh you remember when we had that one sign before we got this really nice sign because the really nice sign is coming um, remember when we, we didn't have no desk, we had no desk, <laughs> no table, we was no at the radio station first, no, first we were at the radio station, and then we came here, and then we were only doing live videos on Facebook, Facebook. and so we from live videos, well, I was, I already had a YouTube channel, so yeah. then from there we decided to uh, put them on YouTube, but right now I'm on YouTube hiatus, because they acted real funky with me, about a couple of videos I posted that had just a little snippet of somebody's music in it, Copyright. and they were like, but this is the thing, other music, fine, but this particular artist will hunt you down like the dog you are and snatch your soul. I'm not gonna say, because she has a huge following and those people are career enders and I just wanna be her friend. Oh, okay? yeah. But buzz, buzz. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> buzz, buzz, okay, look. That's what the buzz friend. is. Um, so right now we're on YouTube hiatus, but it's cool because you can, now we are part of a podcast family. Now we are on the Brothers Comics, uh, podcast channel. So you can download all of our episodes from there. Um, if you want to see the full video, you can also go to the intersectionpodcast.net and you can see all of this. Uh, we're not doing it live this week because technical difficulties yeah. we've been trying to figure out how to run a camera the camera's been like dying on us and we had to uh brand new batteries man like, didn't have enough brand new batteries the good kind the yeah. lithium kind them joints was like ten dollars for four batteries and they are dead so um we are filming from the handy dandy mm -hmm. s8 uh that we just copped and so far so good um, Sam, the producer, is going to be slick mad because we are doing this outside of regulation hours. Yeah. Uh, but it's cool because St. Pete is holding us down on production. What's up, St. Pete? Hey, y'all. <laughs> really? He's going to put your whole giant hand in front of the... Like, this man is eight feet tall. He's going right. to put your whole giant hand in front of the screen. Your that was it. Your, your fingers are like ten inches, Pete. Right. <laughs> it's cool. Voice deep is like... He on Paul Bunyan status over here. 
Hey y'all, hey. Hey y'all, hey. <laughs> so, um, so let's let's get into it. Um, I'm gonna do this a little bit in reverse because usually we kind of start out with the RIPs and pay our respects, but I just feel like the RIPs are really heavy, and so like let's just get into the tea and then kind of go deeper because this one. Trigger warning, like all of our shows, trigger warning, content warning. Um, this this time we're going to be dealing with uh, toxicity and toxic relationships. And uh, toxic relationships is not just the other person. It's not just, oh, I was in a toxic relationship. Because when you are, one, habitually in toxic relationships, you become toxic. You become as much of your own problem as you want to say the other person is. The other part of that is... Um, it's very triggering sometimes to have to take a look at yourself and the role that you play in it. And it's easy to want to say it wasn't me, it was them. Uh, so we're going to take a look at all of that. So I just feel like as we're going deeper into it that we need to uh, start out maybe kind of where we normally start out with the T and then go into the RIPs, which are a little heavy, and then get into the layers around toxicity. You Okay. Like, you just did an army crawl in the middle I of the podcast. I was hair ball that I threw away. Oh, okay. In the middle of the podcast? I apologize. All right. Because this won't be edited out. You realize oh, no. that. It's okay. real life, y'all. That's what I do in real life. Y'all want to know what I Y'all know the top of girl wonder. Y'all want to know So, let's get right into this tea. Um, We're going to go ahead and skip over Hobo for Life. I'm excited about that. There's really only two shows that I watched, though. And when I thought about it, I was like, I'm super excited about Hobo for Life. And I, it's Hobo because they're not paying us. Sorry if you say their names. And I got it through a deal through a phone company who's also not sponsored. Sorry if you say their names. Um, but uh, I will say Insecure because I'm rooting for everybody black. <laughs> so um, Okay. <laughs> so... I watch it for Insecure and for Ballers because people of color. There's another show that I like to watch that I don't really ever talk about because they don't have any cast members who are black or of color. Like, I can't even say, oh, they've got Samoan or they've got, like, they don't have any, they've got a bunch of swarthy looking white people. So, okay, that part. Um, we are so behind on things. We need to stop calling this the T. We need to call this the iced tea. Man, it's the iced tea right now. We are like behind. We are so We are behind. <laughs> Start behind. calling this. I'm going to watch it soon, though. I'm going to watch it soon. Right. I'm going to get caught up, though, because we are so far behind. I think the only thing I'm up to date on right now is Blackish. Um, I still haven't watched Blackish. It's like all the time I sit down in my room and I be on my phone, I never think, I need to go to the room and watch. I got direct TV on my on phone. On your phone. You don't even have to go to the living room. I literally watch Blackish when I'm at work because I work overnight and it's slow. I didn't mean to say that. Can you, can you bleep that out? What did you say? You said a curse word? Oh, uh, yeah. They're not sponsors either. We're just going to slide right on past that. We're going to act like. But you have that app on your phone yeah. and you can watch all kinds of stuff. Is it um, no, not this one. Not this time. Uh, just for interviews because. You got great sound quality. This phone um, is amazing. I'm gonna just say that this. So let's. So I'm caught up on Blackish. I'm watching The Fosters. Um, let's talk about what we need to get caught up on. 
We need to get caught up on Queen Sugar. Have you time we gonna say Queen Sugar? I think we're like six episodes behind. Which at this point, I'm just like, are they ever gonna put it on Netflix? Netflix. And then I can just wait till the end of the season, not be on the, not be on the. Oh, the other place doesn't even sponsor us either. Um, so you know, uh, Fetnix and Chill. Fatnicks and chill. I like that. Fatnicks and chill. <laughs> so, so, I wish that they would just go ahead and put it on there and then I can just avoid y'all on social media and all the hashtags like I normally do whenever y'all are excited about something like scandal or how to get away with murder or whatever. Um, or power. So, I just, uh, I just like don't listen to y'all at all when I know that those shows are in rotation. I don't get in on the live tweets because I never watch it live. So that way there's no spoilers for me. So I would be happy when they put the Queen of Sugars on the oh. Fetnicks. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, they've put Greenleaf on the Fetnicks. So, season two, you already know what So yes, we got behind in season two and glory be to the Lord of Hosts. They have put Greenleaf on the Fetnicks and we can watch it there. I'm going to watch um, that tonight, matter of fact. Tonight. So, uh, the other show that I'm really wanting to get caught up on, and I think we've been taping it. Actually, there's two shows. Um, okay. No, that's already on Fetnix, so I don't have to wait to Fetnix. get caught up on that. Um, but no, uh, The Rundown with Robin D. That show looks like it's great, and I feel like I'm really missing out, and I feel right. like Sis is putting it down. So, definitely, we've been busy, like, every weekend, though, like. Always legit. Like, I never thought, and this comes along with high school too. I never thought like I would just have this many activities. Yeah. Like, whew. the excessive activities definitely picked up in the third quarter. Like They're not slowing down activities. for the fourth quarter. Like, second half of the year has just been super lit. So, um, hey y'all, twenty seventeen is almost over. Right. So between going places. And having people come to visit, because Nene and her family came to visit, which was super exciting. We got to meet my new great-nephew and your new little cousin, your second cousin. Those are your second cousins. Um, And hang out with them. And oh my gosh, is he not just an angel baby? I still can smell him. Like, like, I don't want to sound creepy or anything, but like, he smells like good. Like, he has specific scent. He smells good. It does. He smells like goodness and light, and I'm thinking what heaven smells like, and sweet milk. Like he's just and his hair is just so soft. He he has a head full of hair. And yeah. So so that was Thank wonderful you. kicking it with them. Um, and then this weekend we're going down to Inglewood for Sam's mom's birthday. So we'll be out of town this weekend, and then the weekend after that we're going to Memphis. That's why we have two interviews, three yeah. interviews while we're in Memphis. Two that we're doing for the intersection, and then one that I'm doing for um, Crystal Clear for Topics Radio for Rap ninety eight. So like we like that's our whole November basically, and then um, they'll be back down here for Thanksgiving, and we're having Thanksgiving on the farm with Sam's family. And then December, um, I don't know what we're doing for December. I think Gio and Matt are probably going to come for December. So, because we were supposed to go to Mexico and now we're not going to Mexico. But y'all don't have passports. 
remember we talked about the whole Mexico trip and going to Frida Kahlo's house. But it's cool though. It's cool though. It's cool. Listen, calm down, y'all. It's cool because it's me and Gio, so you know we got a plan. And she's hooked up with Just somebody. She's hooked up with somebody who actually has a house in Mexico and does work in Mexico and has been figuring out how to like make connections down there. And lo and behold, here we go with all types of programs like you know Mahogany Cover Girls programs. So we are definitely going to Mexico for 2018. Like off top, my gift to y'all for Christmas is we're gonna get these passports and we're gonna start collecting the stamps in 2018. So um, so that kind of went off on a tangent because that's what we are. Um, so the tea, uh, the rundown, we need to be watching that. We need to get caught up on I know that. it's on. need to get caught up on Queen Sugar. Stranger Things season two is on. Netflix. Um, Fletnix. I mean, oh, <laughs> Fletnix. Fletnix. Um, well, so, I didn't say it exactly. So. Right. She said something like it. It's Neto. cool. Right, me too. Fix me. Um, uh, right. <laughs> the Etna X play. Etna X play. So, have you watched Stranger Things too? Because I know that that's a show that you're into. Have not, you not watched yet. season I'm two? Wait, no, you guys. Oh, she's waiting on us. I haven't watched season yeah, one. Yeah, I've seen season one, so yeah. Okay, so this week in week before we film again, I'm going to sit down and get, we're going to sit down together and get caught up on Queen Sugar. I will go ahead and watch season one of Stranger Things since, yeah, because we were all kind of caught up in different places on Greenleaf, so we can all watch that ourselves. So when we reconvene next week, we'll be able to start watching Stranger Things and we can talk about it. Yeah. And I'm excited for 2018 besides traveling. Like, February will be here sooner than you know it, and y'all know what February is. It's what? Like. History month, let that be um, known. It's also Black Panther month. I'm here for it. I can't wait for the release what of Black Panther. It. Really? So oh, random. Yeah. I can't wait for the release of Black Panther. I can't wait to show up at I'm showing up with on straight macaroni and cheese, fried chicken. I feel like the concessions for that. Like, I mean, it's been said a million black. times. The concessions for that are going to be the blackest concessions oh, ever. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna be able to get a full meal. Um, some old lady named Mabel or Martha or Mary. Mary is gonna be a Mary <laughs> with the hairnet on. She gonna be the one and serving. Right. You want right. you want peas or corn? She gonna be missing some peas too. Nah, she gonna have some goals in her mouth because. Florida. I have gold, I'm missing teeth. Um, so it's super excited about Black Panther. That's 2018. I don't nobody even knows or cares what else is going on in 2018 because of Black Panther. But 2019 is going to be a second, like it's definitely a, a close second in what is going to be super ultra lit because what's happening in 2019. The Lion King. That's in 2019? Yeah, we got to wait a whole I'd be excited night. thinking it was this year. No, it takes a minute to put a production like that yeah. together. So. That's going to be so big. And they're doing live action. Oh, it's going to be so dope. And who's on the... Right, that's why you're supposed to have your stuff pulled up, kid. That's why we do notes. We're going to act like we're prepared. I didn't right. say I got my notes, my things. This was her job. We're going to wait. Because... Really? You haven't even typed it in? Yeah, it is. <sighs> Y'all, I had to type 
This is what I deal with every day. Every day. Like, Y'all, I be so unprepared sometimes. Like, I be thinking I'm prepared, and then, like, this stuff just hits you. Be like, no, oh, we know. We All right, so I've got the cast. It's a very long cast. Like, I, I mean, well, let's talk about the highlights, right? So one of the things that people are super excited about, and they were thinking that it was a rumor because of this, Beyonce. Beyonce, Beyonce is the voice character. of grown-up Nala. Um, who's playing the voice of grown-up Simba? Is I think it, that's Donald Glover. It is. It's Donald Glover, which we all know and love. In 2018, also brings back Atlanta. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We had to wait a whole say. year. Yes. So excited. But I'm he's excited. been doing like major big things. So we didn't get Atlanta this year. So we'll get it next year. Um, super ready for that. Um, who else? Like I only saw two white people on the whole poster. Like everybody. Ooh. It's like the blackest film ever. Um, no, it's three. James Earl Jones is coming back though as James the voice Jones. of Mufasa, right? Mm -hmm. So that's super dope. Eric Andre. What is it? Who is Eric Andre? Is he Little Simba? Um, no, he's one of the one of the uh, hyenas, I think. Yeah, he's one of the hyenas. Who's the other? There's a girl hyena that I thought was super funny. Uh, Florence. Florence Kasumba. No, that's not who I was thinking. Alfred Woodard. Alfred Woodard. Mm -hmm. Who is Alfred Woodard playing? It doesn't say. I think she's playing the hyena, though. Is she? Are you sure she's not playing the mother? Oh, she's playing the mother. Yeah, she's playing the mother. Okay, and what is the mom Billy Ellingsner is playing Timon. The white people are playing like Timon and Pumbaa, which I think Seth is Seth Rogen is playing Pumbaa. See what I tell you? What I tell you? Because I know. But I think so it's. Great. I think. I think the way that they have it set up, it's like they're voicing it, and it's going to be a live production. And people are like, "Well, how's it going to be a live production?" But I'm like, if you've seen The Lion King on Broadway, if you've gone to see it, like, then you've seen it live. So it's possible that it could be done. But they're trying to figure out how they're going to use the actors and the voiceovers. And I'm like, well, maybe they'll be in costume. So it's, I don't think. Be, I don't think the um. You just got I think it's going to be interesting to see because if it's not happening until 2019, then we've got a lot of time to get the behind the scenes stuff and find out what's going on. And I don't think like they're just placing, you know, white people in the back, like segregating the cast. It's a, a movie about lions in Africa. I don't care if it's only got three white people in it. Okay, it's a movie about lions I don't care if it in Africa. I never understood Matthew Roderick as the voice of young Simba because. Jason Weaver was the singing voice. I was like, well, why didn't you just use Jason Weaver as the Jason voice actor? Jason Weaver was in um, Lion King? He was the singing voice of oh, Young Simba. Oh, Yes, that was Jason Weaver. That was, you must love, love ambition, baby. Mom. Take my time to love them. <laughs> Okay. But whenever you get the loving, it was nice knowing you all gathering like it was nothing. Whatever, have a seat. He's so dramatic. Come back. I'm back. So, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the new lion, the new version of the Lion King. And there's so there was a lot of information being passed, a lot of information being passed. People were trying to make sure it was a rumor. So far, it looks like it's true. So I'm excited. I'm here for it. Um, as long as it's a thing. So, um, that's it. That's all I've got in the tea. That's all the entertainment news I have to share. Oh, I have a tea fact for you. 
So I think it's important that we share these tea facts. Oh, yes, that's exactly. You can actually speak. You can actually talk. It's okay to be on the... Right. Uh, like, he's over there signing to me, but he don't know sign language. So, I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> so, okay, Mom. <laughs> so, Pete was reminding me that we were rolling through St. Pete the other day. Um, the city, not the kid. And we, I was really curious because we passed by the Flamingo Resort, which is a huge LGBTQI resort here. They have regular um, Friday, Saturday night drag shows. They have a separate little club. They do all kinds of stuff there. So um, they have this thing called a tea dance. And honestly, I've been to the Flamingo and I've never really seen it packed. I've never seen the parking lot packed. But when they have the tea dance, that parking lot is packed every single time. But I had no idea what a tea dance was. Um, I heard of them before and I knew that it had something to do with people on the LGBTQI spectrum, but I didn't know what it was exactly. So I decided to look it up because the internet can be your friend. Um, so on backtostonewall.com, there's an article called The Very Gay and Interesting History of the Almost Lost Tradition of the Sunday Tea Dance. So basically what a tea dance is, is their... Um, historically from like the late 1800s into like pre-World War One area, um, you know, tea was a big thing. So high tea, uh, meat tea, uh, and I know meat that sounds tea. gross. Okay, so meat tea literally is if they were, so you could have um, like a high tea, which would, you know, maybe be a dinner type tea where you would have tea and actual food. But then um, you could have like, you know, just tea and crumpets or tea and biscuits. So, um, so those, so those teas so were tea named, yeah, so, so a meat tea was like an actual full meal tea. So you would have tea and a full meal versus having a snack tea, which would be like a low tea. So those actually became um, like luncheons and brunches, you know, fancy stuff. Well, gay people, of course, were like banned and outlawed for a long, long time. So uh, for during the 50s, teas were like the, you know, grandmother thing. And this is like where we get the tea from, right? People sitting around, sipping tea, sharing What's business, gossip, information. It was a very social thing. Well... Um, the tea dances were a kind of speakeasy, kind of speakeasy for LGBTQI people. What would happen is that there would be these non-partner dances, so that gay men and lesbian women could, you know, come together and meet each other. But because it was illegal, they would all meet in one place. So instead of the gay men being segregated and the gay women being segregated, they would all meet in one place. So in the event that they were raided, then they could pair off really quickly. And not look gay. So that's um, so smart. Like, it's so shout out to gay people and tea dances. Um, I'm here for it. So that's a little bit of tea history I thought I'd share with you. Um, so unfortunately, now we've got to start getting into the heavy lifting of today. Um, let's start with the RIPs. We're gonna say RIP to Keith Wilder of Heatwave. Um, so Keith Wilder of Heatwave is uh, definitely known oh, for always and forever. 
So in case you were wondering who he was and why he was significant, that's why. Um, I think that is probably the number two song on everybody's list for wedding songs. I think the first is still Luther Vandross here and now. I'm sorry, Black Weddings. Black Weddings. <laughs> black Weddings. The first dance is usually here and now. Um, and I would say the second one is is uh, Always and Forever. I don't so, want, like, I want that to be my wedding song, either that or Or here and now, because Black Weddings. Um, I feel like SZA is gonna be somewhere in your wedding song. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just actually, it will probably be Aaliyah Street thing. Wow, Aaliyah Street thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> mine for one of them. Sounds like a wedding song. <laughs> yeah, one of them, know. it was definitely um, it was Patty LaBelle. If only you knew. I knew it. But you yes, know, be I'm a, I've got a slew of weddings, and I can only, I think, remember two wedding songs. Uh, so the other one was India Ari, There's Hope. And so it took me a I long time. I remember that one. Yeah, it took me a long time to listen to that song again, because that union was so traumatic. Um, and, and I think it was such a good song because it was an anchor piece for me. It was like... In order for me to work through the trauma to get back to that place of hope, in like DRE. DRE, there's hope. And so, in order for me to get through that trauma and get back to that place of hope, I really had to reclaim that song. So that song will always be significant. For me. Um, so yes, R.I.P. Keith Wilder, um, and love, light, comfort, and condolences to the entire Heatwave family, the Wilder family. Um, all the fans and friends. Um, also, this week, we had another mass shooting. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, Sutherland, Texas, a guy walks into a church, which, you know, has people super shook because it's a church. You're supposed to be able to go into a church and feel safe. And um, this guy went into a church, shot and killed 26 people, injured 20 other people. It's that's it's a like, town of 400 people. Yeah, so that's so like 40 people total involved in this, 46 people really. That's 10% of the town's population. That's crazy um, when you think about the scale of that. Because that's one of those towns where everybody knows everybody, everybody. right? That's, that's your Hope Floats little piece of Americana. Mm -hmm. um, that's you know the prom king the the prom queen and king get yeah. married and have children and so i mean that's super tragic obviously people are already starting to post and share and use it as a platform um saying you know don't just offer thoughts and prayers like offer solutions so um We'll be putting some links with this video to offer solutions for grief counseling and to offer some political solutions, how you can get involved in the process because Head Cheeto in charge is super pro-gun. He's definitely got the backing of the NRA. I see her going to her phone. I know something foolish is going to happen. Um, so just know that we'll be including resources because it doesn't do us any good to just say that we're going to offer you know love light and comfort when we don't have any solutions politically i don't have any solutions um that i can think of oh. off the top of my head so um he just said, Come on, man. He wanted to send me a selfie i don't like you for everybody have a seat anyways um so 
love, light, comfort, and condolences to the people of Sutherland, Texas. Uh, I know that for a lot of people, it's not enough to just offer thoughts and prayers. So let's set some intentional space aside. Let's be intentional in our encounters with people who are enduring these traumas to listen and to be present if you can't do anything else. Um, saddest story for me this week, personally. Not to say all of those other things aren't sad, but this one really hit me. Uh, the death of Giovanni Melton. So um, it's it's been just a few days since the news broke. And this happened in Nevada. And his father is the one who was arrested for his murder. And the modus operandi, his reason for doing this, allegedly at this point, is that he killed him over his sexual orientation. So obviously, um, we here at the intersection are, you know, my intersections that I talk about uh, most frequently are being black, femme, and fat. Um, femme being a queer gender identity. So, so um, the death of Giovanni Melton is very personal for me for that reason, because of queer identity. Also, at that age, at 14, I definitely knew that I was queer and did not have, didn't feel comfortable coming out, didn't feel like I had anybody I could come out to, didn't feel like I had any allies. Um, I do have a loving and supportive family, and as I have come out later in life, they have definitely been loving and supportive. But at that age, I just remember that there was a lot of violent language people threw the word, you know, dyke and sissy and punk around. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was just, it, it wasn't just the, it wasn't a blatant threat of violence, but I knew that it was not, I, in my mind, it was something that was not going to be approved of. I judged that it was not going to be approved of, and I judged that it was a dangerous situation to put myself into. I cannot imagine, though, that my father would have, rather had a dead daughter than a gay daughter that's, that's a crazy. very scary scary Extreme. thought like that's sickening it is very sickening um so my heart is just hurt over that like i don't like how do you how how can you stand to even think of something like that so then that gets us to the things that we don't know and that I'm sure will start to come out as this progresses. What are his traumas? Right, what are his traumas? Um, what is his mental health status? I just find it hard to believe that a person who is mentally healthy could conceive of, let alone carry out something that heinous. Um, so, you know, more will be revealed. Um, in the meantime, Giovanni, I hope, speaking to you on the other side, because I believe in that, I just so happen to um, think and know and have some experience that uh, spirits do have a place to go. And so I hope that where you are, that you are able to fully live in your truth without any fear. And flourish. I think that what people call heaven if there's a heaven that that's what it looks like and i hope that you have found 
your space for all of the other young people out there who live in any type of fear um, because the violence is real the things that people say uh, Kevin Hart has made jokes about it like you know I'd rather kill my son than let him be gay like really? there's like there's a joke in one of his acts that says something to that effect um, and actually a friend of mine Facebook friend community friend George Arnett uh, made a post about it if you go to the purple hair and converse page on Facebook you can I shared that post you can certainly read it and he does highlight some of the problematic language around homosexuality things that people have said and you know what can make it very unsafe for people on the LGBT who are you know in the LGBTQI community um, QIA community yes um, you know why it is still very dangerous and people don't get that they're like oh well you have marriage equality and you can be in the military you can do this and you can do that but clearly this administration has made it their one of their purposes to undo anything that was enacted that would support us um and anything enacted that would support marginalized people period so black people brown people women you know trying to defund Planned Parenthood like we just live in a very scary time and I and I judge that people don't get the gravity of this like we're hearing about Giovanni Melton but how many Giovanni Meltons oh, are okay. in yeah. the world this definitely isn't the first right and if you know if the father culture is this culture of patriarchy that is led by this uh, megalomaniac who has declared war on all of us mm -hmm. then it's almost sanctioned for people to do things like this because there's no value to our lives so um so yeah all of this just makes me extremely sad extremely sad um okay. so so rest in peace um paradise heaven giovanni melton we Thank will you. continue to say your name uh, um, so let's, yeah, let's go ahead and just excavate this heavy lifting that we have to do. Let's go ahead and start unpacking it and lifting it up. Uh, this week, I, or last week rather, um, I published a blog for the first time in a minute and on my own blog. So this is the thing. Last week, in addition to putting out the intersection, I actually wrote and published three articles. Weekly, I publish two to three articles because I write for my own blog and then I write for lesbionics.com uh, and then I'm doing the intersection. So, you know, there's writing notes for this, there's writing notes for that. I'm working on a novel with Raven Wright um, based on the letters that we've been writing each other for the last two years. And in all of this writing, <laughs> the one thing that got a whole lot of negative attention was a and and last week was a red letter week for me writing stuff that probably mm -hmm. should have gotten attention because last week i wrote about scissoring um <laughs> right i wrote about scissoring for lesbianics for the asking for a friend no for the bedroom chronicles um and just kind of demythifying scissoring as being kind of the 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 girl on girl sex um then I also had to respond to a letter where somebody asked me to help them cheat better with their beautiful black girl. And so the language was problematic. The whole situation was messy. 
Um, my editor actually had to include a disclaimer because I, you know, gave it to him raw. But the one thing that people decided to personally contact me about or comment on uh, negatively was my own letter on my person my my own article on my personal blog now i understand on this blog i have written about coming out i have written about being a drunk but possibly an alcoholic doing a 28-day detox and what that looked like going through withdrawals being sick like this my blog is my it literally says it's an online journal of, of sorts so it is very personal and this week i wrote about a toxic relationship that I had, you know, become involved in and how when it was all said and done, I had to admit to myself that I was still dealing with trauma behind that. Like I was having a conversation with my little sister and we are, we were all part of an organization. We're burlesque dancers. So we're part of an organization together. And I was telling her that I needed to take a step back from that activity, from that group and take some time to regroup and heal. And that was the first time that I said that. That was the first time that I said those words. That was the first time that I admitted to myself how much trauma I had um, accumulated over the last couple of years from certain relationships. Well, I wrote all of that out and I had some people give me some feedback and they were like, okay, I get it. And like, thank you for saying that. But leading up to that, what made me actually write it was, you know, leading up to that, I posted, um, oh my gosh, let me see if I can find it. I, uh, you might be able to find it on my page. Um, I posted about, I thought you were giving me the signal. I posted about um, how unblock and how block and unfriend and unfollow were methods of self-care. And I believe that. I believe that we occupy all of these different spaces and that those spaces that we occupy, it's up to us how we want to interact in those spaces. I don't owe it to anybody to interact with them in those spaces. That is my space to go and express myself. I don't have to entertain comments. And I do regularly um, delete folks who I just feel like it's not a healthy relationship. We don't need to um, continue to be involved. And in this instance, I kept seeing things and people kept bringing me things that were triggers. And I'm a glutton for punishment. So I'm not going to act like, oh, I only knew about these things because people were telling me. No, I would go to the person's page and I would still like their stuff and I would still comment on their stuff, hoping to get a positive reaction hoping that we could somehow have some reconciliation long after the person stopped reciprocating mm, me too. so it's like they weren't even coming to my page and liking my stuff and congratulating me on what i was doing they weren't reading my blog they weren't following the intersection like we weren't having any regular interaction so why was i so pressed to have this person you know have this person's attention or approval or act like we were good or cool when clearly we weren't so that happened and um again people who were around kind of were happy that i finally you know said something so they knew where i stood and they could understand you know my pain and my hurt and my disappointment and my sadness and my anger and all of the things that go along with it um 
what then happened that surprised me is people who were not involved, who had no idea what was going on, decided that they had something to say or something to feel about it. And that's well and good and fine. It's a blog. I put my personal business out there. And so that's bound to happen that people are going to comment. The comment that hurt me the worst, though, was from somebody who I had a close relationship with who basically called me and said that they were, um, that they had lost a lot of respect for me, that they still love me, but that they lost a lot of respect for me. And I was like, lost a lot of respect? Why? Um, oh, they started with, I never, I never, they started with, I read your blog for the first time. Like they normally don't even follow. So I'm like, clearly now you, this person has pulled you into this and now this is why you're feeling away or whatever. So they started with, I don't even read your blog, but I read your blog and this is what the blog said. And now I feel That's away a about it. That was a horrible way to start off. First of all, that was a horrible way to start off. Um, then they followed that up with. And this was the this was the killing part for me. They followed up with, I don't think you did your work, and I think you should have kept your big mouth shut. Excuse me. Like those were like keeping your big mouth shut, that's literally the exact like that's not doing your work at all. Like Right. So the line keep your big mouth shut actually comes from Iana's book, uh One One Day My Soul Just Opened Up. Now, I have to know that this person started this book, didn't finish this book, and, like, didn't follow the whole thing. So, like, literally, she's taking this one piece. The concept of keep your big mouth shut in a Yanga's book is around when you are having what we call an emotional trigger. It means you're having an acute reaction in the moment. Something is happening. You are reacting to it. And sometimes your reaction is disproportionate to what's going on. Well, the reason why it's disproportionate to what's going on is because when you've had trauma... Sometimes what will happen is that you will connect the trauma that you're having right then to all of the experiences that look like that. So rather than being angry about what's happening right in front of you, you will be angry about every single time that happened and then you will have a blow up or you will be sad about every time that it happened. And instead of being sad about this one moment, all of that will culminate and it will be a um, disproportionate reaction. So one of the things that I have learned to practice with y'all especially is that when I am having a moment to tell y'all I am having a moment, give me just a second so that I can ground myself, so that I can figure out what's going on, so that I don't react that way because I know my mouth used to be bad. I was the queen of yelling and screaming to get you guys to do things to get my way. Um, And once I realized how unhealthy that was and how detrimental that was to our relationship because how are you guys going to respect me if all you do is fear me so that being said um yeah she told me that I should have just kept my big mouth shut and the and again the killing thing about that for me was so you would rather me um, not be what you said. right. Not be messed up. Not be vocal about my pain. Like that was a thing. Like you want me to not be vocal about my pain, and you want me to not be vocal about my pain because it makes you feel uncomfortable. I didn't even say anything about her. She had nothing to do with this article, and she took it on personally, which for me is another thing that I've learned um, from Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh, 
the four agreements. The second agreement is don't take anything personally. Like you don't have to agree to somebody's story. We've talked about this, right? When people say certain That's things like, son. Amina, you are this, you are that, you are that. You don't have to agree to that. If somebody calls you lazy, you don't have to agree to that. That is a choice that you make. You can examine that and say, hmm, well, am I lazy? Are there things that look like laziness? And is that a part of who I am? Okay, well, I'll own that. But you don't have to own that. You don't have to agree to that. So a part of the issue um, was that she took it personally and then because she took it personally she lashed out and she was like well I think that you're this and I think that you're that and I think that you think that you've done the right thing you shouldn't have aired your you shouldn't have aired the dirty laundry which I'm like first of all I didn't air the dirty laundry I aired my laundry I was very clear in my judgments of myself and my involvement in this situation like the situation wouldn't have gone on as long as it did if I didn't continue to be a part of it if I had pulled away when I was told to pull away, that part. So I didn't blame any of this on the other person. These were my judgments, my thoughts, my projections. I owned all of my stuff. And then I was very clear on what my remedy was, which is I control this space. I don't have to be involved and engage with people that I don't want to be involved and engage with, especially when we're not engaging in real life. So that was... A lesson for me and it just made me think who gave that person that message who and go ahead the thing about um the silence it brought up the Verna Hurston quote when she yeah she stated um, if you're silent about your pain they'll kill you and said you enjoyed it so I shared that quote as well like it's definitely been building up and what okay so back to what made me write the letter so what made me write the letter was or write the article was um when I posted that that piece on unfriend and block and and, and unfollow and block being self-care so many people responded to that so many people responded on Instagram on Facebook on Twitter and I realized people could relate to it because we're all going through the same thing right we're all going through this thing with these people in this internet space all out in the interwebs where people feel like they're entitled to tell you something or judge you about something or if they know you personally come into your space and tell you something about what you're doing in that space and you got the right to just cut folks off. You don't have to listen to it. I didn't have to be a part of that. I regularly cut off strangers who come on. Like somebody called Redneck Cracker decided to follow me. I already knew when I saw that name that he was a troll, that it was going to be a problem. So why would I even engage with him, try to go back and forth, have any type of dialogue? Like, no, you're blocked. You're blocked. We have nothing to talk about. And so this is the same situation. So, of course, I wound up blocking that other person because after they said, well, that's all I have to say about it. I was like, well, if that's all you have to say about it, there's no point in me trying to explain myself. There's no point in me trying to get into my pain. And it occurred to me, this person asked me how I was doing. And as soon as I said, well, then they launched into this tirade. And I'm like, one, you should have called me. They didn't call me. Right, like that's not even clean the way to do that. And this person knows about all of that. So all of that being said, for me, this was very much uh, my judgment. It was a lot of projection. And this person was in attack mode because they felt attacked about something that literally I didn't even consider them when I wrote this. Like they had no parts of it. But that's how they took it. So they told me to shut up about my pain. Mm -hmm. And so I... And that's not how we do stuff around. 
Yeah. Not around here. And um, it's important that we use our voice and it's important that we're vocal. And this always takes us back to what self-care is an imperative. And one of the ways that I can care for myself best is to not be toxic and to not be engaged in toxic relationships and I feel guilty about cutting off people who are emotional terrorists like being clean and clear on all of those points so um so yeah we started with what about your friends and that's just the space that I that I found myself in like redefining friendship reevaluating the people whose life that I'm a part of and am I, you know, bringing something to the table, so to speak? Like, am I just there to take up space with the title of friend or am I actually being a friend? So that's my story. What you got? My story is me and my best friend, Brianna. Um, I have, like, sisters, all right? And... Um, my best friendships usually lead in the sisterhood. Like I have Asata, Zaria, uh, Sierra, Maxie, all of them. Um, me and Brianna became friends last year. Last year was like the whole year. Best friends, best friends. Ever since then, like our bodies been like just like this, like unbreakable. But I mean, you get into high school, a lot of stuff happens. Um, people just go into different spaces. And it gets scary because for me, I've had experiences with fake friends or fake people who say they're my friends and want the title of being my friend, but they act different when they're around other people or they're wishy Like, they don't communicate their feelings um, that they have towards the, friend the friendship. Um, and me and Brianna, you know, was going through a little thing. And she was upset about something. And I was upset about how I felt I was being treated. And um, I just had to step back. I just had to like stop trying to chase after her and figure out what was wrong and just give each other our space because I owe that to myself. Like you have to value yourself enough to like not have to like be on your knees like crawling and begging somebody to talk to them and like be like, okay, look, I'm one of a kind. I don't have to be on my knees begging you. I'm amazing. We're both amazing. And when us two amazing people get our things figured out, then we'll come together and we'll talk about it. And that's how, that's my take on um, toxic relationships, whether it be um, with a partner or with your friend, with your sister, with your cousin, with your uncle, with your auntie, with your mama, with your grandma, anybody. I judge that's how everybody should treat their relationships. Definitely. And I think that it's important that you said that because when we started talking about it, you're like, well, I really haven't had a relationship. And I was like, no, all types of relationships, family relationships, friendships, all of those things are relationships. All of those things count. So, you know, people will allow other folks to do stuff to them. They will stay in those situations because it's their mom or it's their husband or wife or their partner or their business partner or their sibling and you've just got to know when it's time to let it go and to detox so um so you know i've gone back to eating a more plant-based diet and i'm working my way towards being you know at least 90 percent plant-based um when we did whole 30 we started eating a lot of meat and my body i just have found is not 
Like not rejected, not rejected it, but it's yeah, it's it, my body gets really fatigued. It's like, oh my god, you want me to do so much work? Like this is so much digesting. And so when I started this process of detoxing from that, I didn't consider that I would also be detoxing from toxic relationships. And it's funny how all of those things work together. And so, um, in addition. So yeah, we do all of these rituals around full moon and new moon. And so now we have a full moon that's in Taurus and this full moon is all about catharsis. So um, we had, so Aaron came over and we were talking about this and we were mm -hmm. all confused because he told us the new moon was in Aries, full moon in Aries, which is why you always have to do your research. So the full moon is actually in Taurus, um, which makes so much sense. So this full moon specifically is really about um, digging into stable soil, knowing your worth, and then building something you believe in. So for me, that definitely resonated with everything that's been going on around these shifting relationships. And again, detoxing and figuring out what my self-care looks like in this space. One of the things that was very important to me was uh, the part, so I'm actually, um, this is from the Numinous website, numinous.com, and just right it just gets right into it it's like stretching to stretching to feel stable reaching pushing morphing growing all of this movement is to help you get grounded helping you realize your place in the world and again when i just think about the message that i was given which was be silent about your pain keep your big mouth shut and don't say that this is what you're feeling how is that healthy how is that good for me how does that support my right to be to exist to take up space um in healthy and productive ways like what kind of friends say that and so of course <clears throat> it reminded me of an alice walker quote because you know she's one of my favorite writers and i remember being an undergrad and kind of going through this shift like you're going through right now like just kind of figuring out what your relationships are with your friends and what support looks like and what it is that you want what it is that you came to bring and not chasing after people and the quote was no one is your friend who demands your silence or denies your right to grow mm. I say to that. i'm just saying so um <coughs> so yeah taking up space detoxifying from relationships as much as detoxifying from food or places or like like sometimes you have to detoxify from people places and things like sometimes you have to be very clear that going into a certain space is going to be an emotional trigger or dealing with a certain person is going to be an emotional trigger well if you keep subjecting yourself to that whose fault is it sure. you're making a choice and sometimes because we're we're in this world that teaches us to be the bigger person and to be the better person and the better person is the one who's strong and perseveres and sticks mm. through what you got that's just it's so true like every time that i have an issue with somebody i always have to be the, the bigger, bigger person yep and apologize and be clean but like if they were the ones who did something messed up that's not my problem. That's not that's not my issue. Issue. Yeah. Not my circus, not my monkey. Right. That's oh that's um and and that's the reality of it, right? That's the message that we don't get nearly enough, which is it's okay not to continue to engage 
in toxic relationships that doesn't mean that you are the smaller person and that's the whole thing like the way she tried to flip it on me was i always thought so highly of you and i just can't believe that you would that you would write an article about this and it's like you thought so highly of me that you didn't think that i would be in pain that i would be sad that i would be angry you thought so highly of me that you thought that i should close my mouth about my feelings you thought so highly of me that you thought that the best thing that you had to offer me was keep your big mouth shut about the pain that you're in well my version of self-care says i love myself enough to remove myself around people who would take my voice from me rather than allow me space to be vocal and provide support and ask what do you need in this space where you're hurting and you're sad my hurting and sad made her so uncomfortable because she put me on a pedestal where I'm bigger, I'm the bigger person, and therefore I'm supposed to be above it all. And that's just not true. It's unnatural. It's very unnatural. And that's how you get to being a great person is by being open about what you're feeling so that you can feel from it. Right. And become a greater person. Right. Now, mind you, I didn't get this feedback when I was being transparent about my sexuality and my coming out story. I didn't get this feedback when I was saying, you know, I'm drinking way too much and I really need to examine, am I an alcoholic and, you know, what sobriety looks like and, you know, what feelings am I not dealing with? Like, I didn't get that feedback of, oh my God, I can't believe you're putting all of your business out here. I can't believe you're airing your dirty laundry. Let me tell you something about airing your dirty laundry. If you don't, it will continue to sit in that corner, in that closet and get funky and musty and take up space until it demands your attention. So you can do it on the front end when it's just a little bit and it just needs to be aired out or you can do it on the back end where you have to literally go in and throw stuff out. The choice is yours. So I just made some uh, healthy choices for myself and it always, always, always comes back to what self-care is an imperative. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's the, that's my intersection this week. It's the intersection of, uh, mental health, really mental health, how we relate to each other. Um, cause I don't know if the message comes from being people of color. I think as people of color, we're told a lot that we have to be strong. Right. And then as women, black women, there's this whole thing about, being strong and persevering and being resilient and that is applauded so much like that's given so much power and so much credence that when we are not feeling powerful and strong when we're feeling vulnerable when we're feeling sad that we will swallow those feelings before we will tell anybody i'm hurting mm -hmm. we will literally wait until we are falling out before we will seek the help that we need mm -hmm. so um, that's i'm trying to do better with communication like when i'm feeling things find somebody to talk to or if I can't find somebody to talk to write it down that part write it down um even if you're not going to give it to the person yeah even if you're not going to give it to the person and we've had this conversation yeah. about like just journaling things like everything that you journal doesn't need to be given to the other person because sometimes it can cause more harm than good and in the case that it can cause more harm than good, that still doesn't mean that you have to keep it to yourself. Like you have a right to take care of yourself and of your mind and to clear up that space and not to be 
sitting in it and festering. And so for me, that was the whole, that was the piece. Like that was the rub. I'm like, you would really rather me be silent and sit in this pain because you feel uncomfortable. How about you examine what it is about this that makes you feel uncomfortable? Um, but we didn't even get that far because, you know, I said what I said and that was it. And at that point, I was like, peace, because I don't owe it to you to have an explanation. Like, I don't owe it to you to explain it to you. Um, I was willing to explain it to you for the same way that you felt like you had a right to come to me because there was a friendship there and there was a relationship there. But when you cross certain boundaries, I'm no longer entitled and I'm clear about that. And I used to feel super guilty about it. Like I used to feel, um, I used to think that I was being wrong or bad or mean or selfish, right? All of those things that we're talking, like self-care isn't selfish. Selfish is I care about me and me only to all ends. And it doesn't matter whatever anybody else needs and what anybody else is going through, right? Self-care says, I care about me enough to put me first so that I can get everything that I need to get in order to be functional and be able to even give anybody else anything. I have to give to myself first. It's it's when you hear it put like that, it's well when I hear it put like that. It's the craziest thing to me because I'm like, we're really put here for ourselves and mm -hmm. to find ourselves and figure out things for ourselves. Like when you're figuring something out for yourself, like you're figuring it out so that you can know that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times when we get here on the earth, it's like we're told, well, you have to do this thing for this person and for this person and for this person and for this person. And me, a lot of the times, I get caught up in trying to please everybody and do everything for everybody. Then I forget, wait, I'm here for Amina. That's why I was born. First and foremost, like you first and foremost have to do that for yourself. You're not going to be good to anybody else if, you're if I can't help myself. Like, right. that's like giving somebody your, your own advice and not taking that advice. It's like, lesson learned biggest lesson for me of 2017 was pulling my energy out of other spaces and trying to quote unquote yamla other people and start just yamlaing myself book yamla not tv yamla tv yamla is a uh, problematic at best um i love her and i love her books but her tv show is very triggering for me so like i can't go there like i can't see her in that light um so all of these messages the other thing about it is when you get into a vein of alignment right then everything starts coming together so you'll start getting all of these messages that support exactly what it is that you're thinking and the space you're in um so i went back to um your sister's page and you know she changed her whole page and she started aligning things the way that she uh was envisioning herself right mm -hmm. like starting to just bring things closer into what she wanted and one of the first things that she posted was i do not open my heart my energy or my space to everyone i also do not need to explain why i am off limits to most people and i heard that but you don't owe anybody an explanation they're you not really entitled don't. to an explanation you really don't um, that's what I had to tell myself all the time. Nobody's entitled to an explanation why you do what you do. Right. Um, and that's and that's their choice. Now, a gem that's been going around lately that Ayanna shared is that she ended her 14-year relationship 
And she said she ended her 14-year relationship because she realized that the person couldn't love her the way that she wanted to be loved. And what she said is, you cannot make a person love you the way that you want to be loved. Like a person has a certain way that they love. And when they show up, you show up and you say, oh, okay, this is how you love. And you either agree to it or you don't agree to it. And when she realized, like, this person can't love me the way that I want to be loved, and I keep trying to change them and make that happen, she realized that it was best for her to go ahead and leave and find somebody else who could love her the way she wanted to be loved. And that's so important. Like, we can't we can't make folks do anything. Like, you just got to let people be who they are and how they are. Even when a person is super screwed up and they keep saying stuff like, I'm only human, I'm only human, I'm working on myself. Sometimes you have to say, I'm going to let you be human and work on yourself and I'm gonna go over here. Not I'm gonna try to change you, you're a product, a project and I'm gonna try to fix you. And so again, all lessons that 2017 has taught me. So I'm not even angry is much about what happened now that I've had a chance to reflect on it and see my part in it because my part is like, well, what were you supposed to learn from this? Because this is not the first time you found yourself in this situation. So if you keep finding yourself in the same situation, what is the universe trying to tell you? Because until you listen, you're going to keep finding yourself in the same situation. So um, the other thing that she posted that was just so in line with this was, Look not to the faults of others, nor their omissions and commissions, but rather look at your own acts to what you have done and left undone. And that's from Gautama Buddha. And um, again, Can that's- you post that again? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Look not to the faults of others, nor to their omissions and commissions, but rather look to your own acts, to what you have done and left undone. With that, I have uh like confusion because like when i'm in a friendship i always look to see like if we're having a problem okay what did i do wrong then because i'm looking so into what i did wrong i end up taking all the blame for everything that yeah. went wrong. no that's not how that works at all and that's an important thing right because when we say don't take things personally that doesn't mean that just because you didn't take it on, the other person didn't have something to do with it, right? That just means that you have to examine your role in it. You have to be accountable for your part in it because you can't be accountable for them. And you can't make them be accountable. What if they never take accountability for what they did? Mm. What if they're always gonna blame it on the other person? Well, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life for something to happen that's probably not gonna happen. And how happy are you gonna be about that? You're going to be messed up and they're going to be off living their life. Like, everything is great. So, why even... So, why even um, expend that energy on trying to make the other person... Again, this goes back to you can't make people do stuff. You just have to look at your part in it and figure out what you need to be doing. And if it's not a good situation, if it's not a good fit for you, being okay with walking away from it without feeling any guilt or shame. Because that's what you need to do for your own self. I'm that. That was deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, girl, it's life. So let's um let's go ahead and start wrapping it up. Um, this was definitely another part of the catharsis moving from writing about it to talking about it and talking to the response about it. Uh, 
writing about it and talking about, about the, the response, response to it. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm good with that part of it. Did you have anything to add? Um, boom, guess who stepped in the room? Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, um, as far as relationships go with anybody, I just go back to what I said earlier. Don't beg for anybody's company, especially somebody who doesn't want, like not, not that doesn't want your company, but isn't as, like as dedicated or committed in the relationship as you are. Like you just have to realize your self-worth and value yourself. And that has a lot to do with self-care and self-love. You know, um, I'm too cute to be chasing after anybody. Like I'm amazing. I'm one of a kind. I don't have to do that. And because you value yourself and you know how much an amazing, amazing of an amazing person you are, you can just be cool with yourself and be like, I'm cool as hell, you know? Um, and that's happened to me, like, um, in past relationships. Let's not dwell on that. Um, and I learned from that, you know? I used to be a very... Oh, I just want this person to be my friend. Oh, they just want to be my friend. I want everybody to like me. And it's not about acceptance. It's not about who likes you and who doesn't. It's about being good for yourself and being better for yourself. Self-acceptance. Self-acceptance. Self-love. Self-worth. Self-value. All forms of self-care, mm -hmm. right? You got to give it to you first and not look for it out there and look for somebody else to validate that it's an ongoing lesson i'm still Every day, learning i still convince myself yes i'm still learning um speaking of people who have some lessons to learn shall we get into these folks who tried the hell out of it this Friday week um so mm -hmm. i'm gonna go ahead and just start with hazel e who is just is that Basura. the girl with the eyebrows on flock? I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, like, body shame or image shame or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which is a far cry better than her because apparently, you know, she has a problem with darker skinned black women. Had a whole lot to say about that. So, you know, we will spare her treating her and saying about her the things that she said about other black women. Like we're not gonna, we're not going to. When they, we're gonna take the Michelle Obama route. We're gonna, our first lady is so great. When they go low, we go high. So we're not gonna go there. Um, and that's why what I, I am gonna Michelle say Obama. is, yes, please throw her in the garbage. She is absolute trash. Hazel, um, that, that's you. Oh, what? Hazel, is it you? It is. Oh my gosh, it's but, Hazel. Basura. Um, so Hazel and her boyfriend decided to go on a rant on the interwebs, which is never a good idea because it is out there for all time in perpetuity. It doesn't matter how many times you delete it or whatever. Like somebody has already screenshotted it and it's the shot heard around the world. So they are apparently trying to do recovery and apologize and just oh we were angry and we were in the moment some things cannot be taken back though and this whole thing some so, like so actually meant to be taken 
Right. So her boyfriend, who goes by the name of Rose Burgundy, which just I have so many questions about, but there's nothing that I can say or ask that's not going to be shady. Like Burgundy. Um. So. So yeah, basically, he decided to go on Instagram and you know dispute claims that he was gay and broke and just wrote some really hateful things under a picture of a burning LGBT flag, where he said basically you want to know how I feel about gays so bad. Well, here you go. I hope all gays die and go to hell. That's where I'm from. That's where I come from, bitch. Check your lives before you post. I'm from Piru, bitch. I'm 25, not 19. And it's Denzel with two L's, bitch. Google me. Oh, hell um, no. <laughs> so, Excuse me? so the video that he, so what he posted was in response to an IG video from a guy named Cam Yance, who claims that he was messing around with Rose Burgundy, who he plainly calls Denzel. And so it was followed by screenshots where Cam posted a conversation of, you know, with him and Rose about just hilarious. And um, basically he just outed him. He was like, he's, you know, he's cheating on uh, on Hazel Mm -hmm. E. And also, you know, basically um, hinted at him being bisexual. So like he outed him and he had a real... um, he had a real reaction to it and so one of the things that that i have seen happen time and time again is that people who are so homophobic and so anti-gay a lot of times are dealing with some closeted and latent homosexuality right some proclivities that they're not ready to deal with so for me that just made it seem a little bit more likely that maybe he has something to hide because oh, yeah, again yeah. that disproportionate response mm-hmm. to me every time i think of somebody like because it's happened to me before like i'll call somebody on their shit and then they'll just get real no i didn't do that what 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 mm-hmm. and that, that's exactly what it looks like you're doing well you remember when you did this this and that and the third and they'll be like what me no 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 that's exactly what it seems like to me yeah and so that's the that's the piece right um again going back to this conversation that i had it's like how did you take that so personally that you felt the need to stage a conversation with me. Of hate? Like, that was like, a picture of hate. Yeah. So, again, hit, my dad told me, and has told me my entire life, hit dogs holler. So, for me, when a person gets to scream, and I'm like, what's up under that? Right. Like, let's, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to take a look at that? How is that working for you? Clearly, it's not working right. well, because you ain't hooping and hollering like crazy person. So, yes. Um, so, Hazel E. and her boyfriend um, have been all over the internet acting a fool, and then they want to just come back and apologize. Like, that is somehow going to make up for this multitude of sins right. that they've committed. Um, so, yeah. Hazel E., Rose Burgundy, you, you tried it. it. You failed. Throw them in the trash. Oh, can I get a picture, please? Chew. 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 (laughs) (laughs) It's so ridiculous. Um, 
the other person who tried it from that same foolishness. So this is the thing. I am not really into love and hip hop. The first time I watched love and hip hop, um, a couple of seasons had already happened, and it was when they started the ranch, the Ratchlanta franchise. That's oh when I yeah, I watching. remember because it was with Jocelyn and Stevie J in the studio. I remember that one. So I started watching that season because it was in Atlanta, and for me, Atlanta was just closer to Memphis, Memphis and I felt yeah. like it was more relative. I was like, oh, Scrappy and Rashida and people we haven't heard from in a long time. So and K Michelle, you know, hometown girl. So okay, great, I'm gonna watch this one. And of course, it was a train wreck, and I watched the whole thing, and I was kind of there for it and I had all of my commentary um then I started watching it wasn't until after I watched that that I went back and started watching the original Love and Hip Hop New York so then I got all caught up in the foolishness with Peter Guns and I'm like am I the only one who heard Uptown Anthem because he said on the song that he was um an ASN so I'm like an ain't Oh yeah, <laughs> so I'm like he's he's clearly been this person for a long time because that song had to be like 20 years ago, and he's old and he's out here running he's these young chicks, who, young chicks who have like brains, and I'm like, how the heck did you get? Tara and Amina like are actually decent looking human beings. Not just decent looking, see. they are smart and talented. So like not even the aesthetics of it, they are smart and talented, and somehow like that man's penis is dipped in gold or something because he had these women out here digmatized and living in the same place and having babies at the same time so i um fighting over him while pregnant like that i mean she like she knew crazy. he was married and decided to have a baby by him while he was oh, married yeah. like it just it's the whole thing was messy and i watched it and i watched rich dollars show up and and you know kind of back out of the creep squad and kind of try to be a decent guy and now when rich dollars is the person who starts making sense and who starts giving advice you need to you bang you need to examine you your life so um so i started watching and i got you know caught up in that i could not watch love and hip-hop hollywood i could never get into it because it seems just that it seems very hollywood it seems very staged um I just, I don't know who the, like, I don't know what the redeeming quality is there. Even with Atlanta, at a certain point, I just had to back out of watching Atlanta. Like, it wasn't good. The saving it's grace. It's like super scripted. The saving grace for. for New York for me was when mm -hmm. Remy Pop and Papoose yes. came on. Because I was so excited. Oh. I love Remy Ma. I was so excited to really see her flourishing after spending all of that time in prison and being away from her husband and being away from her kids so that's what kind of broke me in and then your girl cardi like i was there I for remy ma papoose and cardi b and it proved to be a beautiful union and so aside from that like i really haven't had any need i didn't see those same type of couples it seemed like even with rich um dating what's little fizz's baby mama name Moniz. Moniz. Even with Rich dating Moniz and all the stuff that was going on with that relationship and him just, you know, trying to love her and be there for her and her floundering and thinking maybe she needed to be back with her baby daddy and kind of examining some of her mental issues. Moniz was probably the storyline that I was there for the most, but everything else just seems so extra. Nikki baby, so extra. Tierra Marie, like so extra. Extra just plastic. Um, like I want to know. I want to know what Princess Love's 
I like her. I, I love her. I love, and I she like married her. Ray J, knowing exactly who he is. And I'm just like, so Princess, what is it about you and where you come from and your background that made you accept this? And maybe the Ray J that we see on TV is it's just the character. Ray and Ray. he is a loving and devoted husband. But on that show, he was not. And on that show, she acted a complete fool. Now, she looks great and looks like she's healthy and in a much better place than she was during the previous season. But again, I just can't keep up with it because it's so much drama. Like, it's like, drama on top of drama on top of drama. Ridiculous like, amount. She went to jail for him fighting him or something. Right. Like broke something. Right. It was this whole thing. And I'm just like, you accepted him. Right. So... For all of these reasons, I really just haven't been able to get into love and hip hop. Um, it's too Hollywood. much to like keep track of. It's like, wait, right? This person said this, and then and this, then, and then I want to do with this different. So that's what we're getting ready to get into. Because <laughs> the one or two times that I tried to watch this new season with these new people whose names that I don't even know, um, it was just nothing but drama. Every time I, every time you turn it on, and I would just take a glance at it. Somebody was throwing something. Somebody was trying to fight somebody. Somebody was jumping over furniture. I'm just like, okay, so now we're back to this extreme violence. This just took me back to the Basketball Wives and what I didn't like about uh, that, right? I love that show. That ain't a lot. I, it's gotten better, but it was definitely in the early days when Evelyn was all about like, let me fight somebody, let me fight somebody. That for that me was Evelyn. It was Evelyn and Tammy. Yeah. And I mean that's Tammy just who Tammy that's just who Tammy Roman is and mm -hmm. who, who Tammy Roman has always been. Like, um, for me, anybody who says something sideways to Sam Tammy Roman is saying that in the hopes of getting a rise out of her so that right. they can get a fight. Because that's what Tammy's gonna give you every single time. So um I love her. So let's get into this Zell swag. That's his name. So he, oh, yeah, so Zell Swag, um, I just, I don't know. Everything about him just struck me as wrong. His whole look, everything about him just seemed very contrived and made up and like he was really trying to solidify himself on the show. And I feel like sometimes when they're trying to solidify themselves on the show, they are like a new prisoner, right? Like, let me get in here and fight everybody so I can show mm -hmm. that I'm the boss. And that's what I saw from him. But the other thing is he kept attacking Mr. Ray. Like, he kept physically attacking him. He kept uh, fat shaming him and body shaming him. And now he is full of regrets. Now he wishes he hadn't said what he said about Masika. Now he realizes that his brawl with his love and hip-hop Hollywood uh, castmate um, and his ex-boyfriend and his failed friendship was just... Um, hmm? Did he get off the show? Well, we're going to get to that. So, he just... He, he just was doing the most. And for him, he's like, he doesn't think that he did anything wrong except for he should not maybe have attacked Mr. Ray at the reunion show. So he said that the whole thing started when he called Masika's feet dirty and she understood the situation that he was in with Alexis Skye and they're all part of the show and they're gonna have to meet up but right after that he called her feet dirty mm -hmm. and then um they were cool after that. 
So apparently the reason why he did all of, and this is his words, the reason I did all that fuck shit was because her and Mr. Ray had my ex-boyfriend, Joe Exclusive, outside trying to bring Joe into a party. As a friend, you don't do shit like that. I would never bring Alexis in on her because I know their true beef, just like she knows me and Joe's relationship. So he said, um, you know, his intent was to confront me and say that he made me. But the thing is, how can you make me? You didn't make yourself. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I think Mr. Ray is jealous because I'm in Hollywood and I'm lit around these girls. Uh, it's just like he, he says he doesn't think he fat shamed him because he's done so much to him. He called him homeless. And so therefore he felt like all of those things justified his behavior. So again, this is a matter of accountability. Like you a grown man. You should be able to take somebody saying something about you and not take it to the level of one going for the easiest thing that you can find to pick on them, which was to fat shame and body shame. And then to use violence. Use your words. Use your words. How about that? So, Zell Swag, you, you tried it. You failed. failed. Throw them in the trash. So, um, those are kind of the lighter pieces of You Tried It. The one that really got me over the last week, um, and it just made me sad because I love the show and I love his body of work. But let me tell you that this is no place for, there, this is not a place for people to hide. Like, it doesn't matter how talented you are, else it doesn't matter if your name is Roman Polanski, like if you are a predator, if you are a uh, sexual deviant who pulls people into your BS and doesn't take accountability for it, then you are trash. So I'm talking about Kevin Spacey. Oh yeah, I heard Kevin him. Spacey, uh, most recently of House of Cards, which I absolutely love. Um, decided that he was going to come out that's the headline that's how Reuters printed it kevin spacey comes out as a gay man that's not even news i think we all had come to that conclusion and moved on with life the news is that they buried the headline because he decided that he was going to come out as homosexual in the face of sexual assault accusations so of course you know the right is saying, well, this is exactly what we're saying about homosexuals, that they're sexual predators. He's been around here preying on little boys all of this time because he's gay. He's not preying on little boys because he's gay. He's preying on little boys because he's a predator. He's now apparently seeking treatment for it. Um, but let's not bury the headline. Let's, not, let's, let's call a thing what it is. He was accused of sexual assault and he used that as an opportunity to come out. And that is low down and slimy and lacks integrity and lacks accountability and for that I can't bring myself to support any of these wonderful bodies of work that he was involved in because what kind of person is that like what kind of person does that and then when you have the opportunity to own up to it and to give a genuine apology you're like I'm sorry you rubbed against me not even taking accountability for you were the adult in this situation and whatever happened you had the ability to stop it you had the power but then to go beyond that and say and now i'm living my life as a gay man we don't care we don't want you i don't want you 
I'm clear on no, that. <laughs> so, um, so yes, Kevin Spacey is officially garbage. He's dead in my eyes. And um, basura. Yeah, basura. Throw him in the trash. Don't even try to start another one. We're good. We're done. We're full. Throw him there, mommy. He is trash. He is trash. He's he's the trash. Uh, this week he is the epitome of trash. Uh, Kevin Spacey for coming out in the midst of allegations of sexual assault. You tried it. You failed. Um, but we're going to end this on a positive note, as we always do. Try to find the light in the world. Uh, some of the best light in the world recently. So going back to Hazel E. and Zell Swag. Uh... Apparently, they've both been fired. Apparently, they've both been fired from VH1, and Mona Scott Young is done with them. Apparently, Mona Scott Young threw them in the trash. So, um, for that, I'm going to say that VH1 and Mona Scott Young, if that is true, y'all are doing the most. Y'all tried it. Doing the most. Doing the most. And we are here for it. Um... Also, let me go ahead and shout out Shoe Dazzle. Hazel E. also had a uh, spot, a, 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 what do you call it? Not a sponsorship, not a, what is it? An endorsement deal. She had an endorsement deal with Shoe Dazzle, and Shoe Dazzle has also pulled her endorsement deal. So, Shoe Dazzle, you are doing the most, and we are here for it. And finally... Can we please somebody give this person a medal of honor? The the Twitter employee who as their last act of defiance as they walked out of Twitter last week shut down 45's personal Twitter account. Really? Deactivated that Yeah. Pushed the button and was like, take that, take that, take that, take that. <laughs> so, um... Needless to say, Twitter, beyond some foolishness, and so Twitter put it back up a few minutes later. I think it was only deactivated for 11 minutes. But I'm just going to say, if you're going to Jerry Maguire and be like, who's coming with me, that's the way you do it. So, rogue Twitter employee, you are doing the most. And, and we are here for it. Um... Well, that is going to conclude this week's episode of The Intersection. And how we gonna close it out? What you got for me? What you got for me? Shoot, I got for I don't. I don't think you're ready um, for this jelly. Yeah, cause my body is a little too good. Who did this shit for you, baby? Check my name.
Show me how you feeling good. I'm a bottle of tequila, I've been saving for you. Bye, y'all. Bye.